Welcome back to Schneps Connects. I'm Josh Schneps, your host. I want to invite all of you to join me on a journey through the captivating history and creative pulse of Westbeth. It's a place where art, culture, and innovation converge. Today, we're going to be talking about this iconic and vibrant artistic community nestled in the heart of the West Village. Westbeth has long been a sanctuary for artists, a haven where imagination knows no bounds. From its humble beginnings as a Bell Telephone Laboratory to its transformation into a thriving hub for painters, dancers, writers, and performers, this former industrial complex has witnessed the birth of countless masterpieces and has had a profound impact on the broader arts community. Westbeth is also home to major cultural organizations, including the New School for Drama, the Martha Graham Center for Contemporary Dance, and The Kitchen. The first LGBTQ synagogue in New York, Congregation Beth Simcha Torah, was here for almost 40 years. Today to talk about it is Peter Madden, who is Westbeth's executive director, and he's also a seasoned housing official. He served as an independent consultant for multiple ventures, including for New York State Homes and Community Renewal, the state's affordable housing agency. Peter ran the joint ownership entity NYC or Joe NYC, an organization aimed at strengthening the city's nonprofit owned affordable housing stock. He's responsible for running Westbeth, including overseeing major capital improvement projects, which require landmarks approval, as well as arts programming in their public spaces. So Peter, it's great to have you here to both discuss Westbeth as well as you know affordable housing and its cross-section within the arts community here in New York City. So thanks for being with me. Great, it's good to be here. So it's a little bit of a, a long-winded intro, but a lot of history here. Westbeth was founded in 1970. So I, I would love to hear just a little bit more about you know its history. Sure. As you mentioned, Bell Labs previously was on the site actually for almost 100 years. And the, the buildings on the site, actually, the, the, the oldest building is from 1860. Wow. And then there, the, there was, you know, new buildings built over time. And then the, you know, the quote unquote youngest building is from 1929. So it gives you a sense that, you know, these are truly historic buildings. Bell Labs left in the mid 1960s. And the National Endowment for the Arts and a family foundation, the J.M. Kaplan Foundation, joined together to fund what was at the time and may remain one of the largest affordable housing complexes specifically for artists in the world. Huh. So what was interesting in 1970 is that these old lab buildings were converted into apartments. The architect Richard Meyer, who, who people may know, this was one of his first big projects was the conversion from lab space to apartments. We're a full city block in the West Village. We have 384 apartments. And starting in 1970 and to this day, in order to get an apartment in West Beth, there is an income limit. So you can't earn over a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. And then there is also an artist certification process. So what that means is it's primarily a committee of, of current residents who review the you know portfolio and CV of potential residents. And we're not evaluating whether or not we like people's art, but we're evaluating are people very serious about making art the sort of primary focus in their 
life. Wow, very cool. Sounds tougher than yeah. some of the uh, city co-op boards, though. <laughs> Those are no Maybe, toys. I don't know about that. Right. That's very cool, though, that the artistic community has come together to, to set that type of criteria. That's amazing. The stars really aligned in 1970. It was financed by the federal government. The federal housing agency sort of had to bend some rules to, to fund West Beth because West Beth combines kind of live and workspace. As you mentioned, we have some of these, you know, very major cultural organizations also housed here at West Beth. The City Planning Commission made some special designations for artist live workspace that actually became the model for a lot of the loft conversions that happened yeah. in Soho in the 1970s. So are the spaces conducive for the art to be done within them, or is it just really the criteria more? So the 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 apartments, some of them are are quite big, mm -hmm. and and the way that they were originally designed is that they were very sort of open plan, you know, kind of what we think of as lost yeah. spaces. So so yeah, I mean, it it really is the case that to this day, a lot of our residents will actually have a space in their apartment that they sort of think of as their art studio, separate from their bedroom and kitchen, et cetera. So I have to imagine once people are in, they, they never want to leave. I mean, it's got to be a great place <laughs> to live and a great opportunity to have an apartment there. It absolutely is. I mean, we have residents who have been here since 1970 and 1971 sure. and 1972. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, which has resulted in a sort of interesting situation here. It, you know, there's a term in real estate of naturally occurring retirement communities, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a NORC, which is yep. always a funny acronym to me. And that's really West Beth, a component of the residents of West Beth. For them, this has become that. I mean, I'll give one nice example, which is there is a, a poet. His name is Edward Field. Edward just turned 99. He's nice. lived in West Beth, I think, since 1970. But Edward walks a mile a day. I see him most days. He takes a walk in the West Village, you know, and takes the elevator back up to his apartment. But, you know, he has a real community within West Beth so that, you know, he knows he has people he can rely on for, you know, help with getting food, medical appointments, so it, th that sense of community here, I think, one, it's because a lot of folks have lived here for so long, but also I think it's the affinity of people being all artists yeah. that, that there's this really unique sense of community. So I want to talk about the importance of affordability, but I'd love to hear, you know, by bringing that community of artists together, what collaboration has come out of the space? Or what big artists or, or work has come out? Yeah. So I know that in the 70s and 80s, we have a lot of writers here and a lot of people in theater. And there were some playwriting and, and theater companies. Specifically, there was a, a, I think they called themselves the Feminist Playwriting Collective, that were all West Beth residents here, that they could meet here, work together, and then they could actually present their their works here on site at West Beth. You know, also musicians, there have been some jazz musicians. The, the most prominent is 
Gil Evans, who is a, a jazz arranger who did a, lo a lot of work with Miles Davis. And, oh. and I know that he used to host what he called open rehearsals in our community room where other residents could could go join in. Very cool. Talk about the other space. Like, how are organizations coming out of the space? Do you have other space in addition to the apartments that these organizations yeah. are based out of? Maybe to share a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they are. It 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 feels a little bit funny to call them commercial spaces, but but that's what they are. So you know, for example, in the building that I'm in, it, it's an 11 story building, and the top floor was originally in the Bell Labs day. It was an auditorium. As of 1970, it became a dance studio, and the first dance company that was that rented that space was the Merce Cunningham Dance Company. They left maybe 15 years ago, and now it's the Martha Graham Dance Company who who are in that space. So they are tenant at West Beth, but they've been here for so long that they're very sort of, you know, integrated into the fabric. And, you know, all of the dancers use the same, you know, elevator that everybody else uses. So they're sort of in and out of our lobby all day. So it adds a really nice kind of energy to the to the building. So talk about your perspective on the importance of affordability, because I imagine, you know, the whole aspect of giving artists this opportunity was really an opportunity for them to, to create their art without having to be pressured of the income aspect, or a lot of artists obviously have to struggle for many years before they can really have enough income to pay, you know, market rate. I mean, how has that creation of this affordable housing in 1970, how do you relate to today's issue in regards to finding affordable housing in, in New York City? And how could it be I, a I mean, model? I mean, maybe that's a better yeah. how, how does the success yeah. of your community get replicated? Right. The first thing I was going to, my response is going to be, I really do think it is a model of what we can accomplish in New York City, because I really do believe that for many residents here, having an apartment in West Beth has really been a lifeline for them. It's it's the reason that many people have been able to stay in New York City. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they really would have had to have le sure. left. Certainly, they could not have stayed in the West Village. I recently was looking at some data, and the current price to rent a three-bedroom apartment, we have some three bedrooms, that's why I was looking at this, to rent a three-bedroom in the West Village right now could run you about $15,000. Sure. Whereas a three-bedroom in West Beth, it varies, but we have people who are paying fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. So what's so, the wait list? <laughs> the wait list, be a long wait list. Yeah, and no joke, the wait list is on average fifteen to twenty years. Sure. But yeah, it's so you know, it's putting on my affordable housing hat for a minute. The best way that the city of New York can mimic things like West Beth is when the city already owns a piece of land and then they can work with a developer to build on top of it. And that used to be much more the case in the 90s because, you know, after the fiscal crisis in New York City, the city became a landlord because people were abandoning properties, there was tax foreclosure. And then eventually all of these programs were created where the affordable housing agencies had an inventory of land, and then they could, you know, put out RFPs and get developers to 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 build on that land and sign, you know, fifty-year regulatory agreements where that housing would be affordable. 
unfortunately, that model is just much more difficult now because the city just owns less land. You know, obviously, with with in in the case of West Beth, there was the unique feature that when it was created, it was a a family foundation and a federal agency that sort of made it possible economically. Yeah. But it's you sort of do need, or it really helps from you know to create new affordable housing to you know to have a really valuable asset like a piece of land to start with if you're the city. Because for the city of New York to, you know, pay for the purchase of land and for the construction of the buildings, it's it's almost prohibitive at this point. I mean, I guess talk a little bit about you. You, you brought up kind of the history, the, the landmark of, of the building and what it means for, you know, both the historical perspective, but also for its future. Yeah. So it's a bit of a double edged sword from my perspective, sitting here as as the guy who is trying to figure out how are we going to keep these buildings maintained in good condition and perpetuity. And I say double-edged sword because on the one hand, when you have landmark status, new financial resources are made available. So there is a federal and state program called the historic tax credits. Historic tax credits are a source of money effectively very large grants that you can get when you're doing a renovation of an historic property. Mm. We've also gotten grants from the New York State Historic Preservation Office, from the National Park Service. Again, grants that we were eligible for because of our landmark status. But of course, it's a double-edged sword because renovating one of these buildings is it's just more expensive than a standard building. So, you know, for example, we have part of the reason that we got the historic designation is we have a a rather beautiful facade with very particular terracotta details. Mm -hmm. I've been working with an architect who's been saying, okay, there are very few places really in the world that produce terracotta, decorative terracotta like this anymore. And the wait list for this is going to be about a year once we know exactly what we need. And obviously, it's going to be expensive. (laughs) Another example is that, you know, we have a lot of wood windows in our property. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of them are 100 years old at this point. Single pane, energy and efficient wood windows are quite beautiful. But we need to replace them with windows that look just like them. And in most cases, that means we need to get new wood windows they're going to be more energy efficient, but they're they're really expensive. It's hard to find the producers who make them. None of this is impossible, but it does just it makes us be much more kind of thoughtful about about the work that we're we're doing. You know, fortunately, we we have a lot of experience with the New York City Landmarks Preservation Commission, who for us is the one that's approving a lot of this work that we're doing. Listen, there's a cost to being beautiful, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. Talk about the West Beth Gallery, which displays, you know, work from from the artists that live there. I'd, I'd love to hear about that and whether or not it's open to the public and how people can, yep. can see that, that it, artwork. The gallery is, a, I think, a really nice example of how West Beth has sort of created a very specific sense of community over the years. So the gallery is a, is a really beautiful space on our ground floor that is 
actually curated by our, our tenants association. Our tenants association uh, is called the West Beth Artist Resident Council. And they work on a volunteer basis, but do really professional work. And I think we see that most in the gallery, which is programmed all year long. A nice thing we've been doing with the gallery is reaching out to some of our cultural neighbors. So we're about four blocks south of the Whitney. And yeah. the show, the show that just closed in our gallery was the, the, the staff of the Whitney, many of whom are artists. Mm -hmm. Every year they do an art show. And that art show is now annually held at the West Beth Gallery. Yeah. So the gallery is free. It's a really nice way to come see the, the property. It's, it's, um, in our, what we call our inner courtyard, which is a, a public space and it's very sort of dramatic and is sort of beautiful brick with these very 1970s looking details of these what are called fire balconies that are these semicircular steel structures kind of attached to the building. You sort of have to see it to understand it, but I think it's it's well worth a visit. I'm actually going to an opening later this evening for a show of a resident named Ken Wade. We have another resident artist who's curating a show later this season, James Gortner. In December, and I think this would be a great one for the public to come to, we have the West Beth Winter Group Show, meaning it's a group of West Beth residents doing a group show in the gallery. So I'm excited okay. to see that. Yeah. So is it all different types of art? I mean, I'm just trying to visualize. Is it paintings and sculptures? I mean, what, what could people expect? It, yeah, it is. It's a big space. And I so far, I've seen some pretty large sculptures. There's been some video work a lot of painting and printmaking. So it's a it's a really nice diversity of work that is shown in that gallery. That's really cool. I guess I have to ask you, what, what are some of your favorite galleries in New York City? I mean, I, I know we, we have your gallery on the list. Yeah. We're not forget about West Fest, but <laughs> are there any other favorites that you have in New York City? Yeah, I mean, I feel so lucky that we're, we're just south of the Whitney you know, the new, you know, I guess it's the new-ish Whitney at, at 14th Street, which also, you know, is the start of the High Line. And actually those two organizations are ones that West Beth is collaborating with, which is really exciting. Yeah. Also in the West Village, there's a really wonderful, actually a nonprofit gallery called White Columns, who have a, a beautiful space not far from us, also free. And I would really recommend that people go to White Columns as well. It's it, yeah. It's nice to think of West Beth as part of kind of a cultural sure. network in the West Village. A hundred percent. I guess my last question, you know, for you, and I appreciate your time, is, you know, where do you see the history going in terms of uh, West Beth? What would you like to see in the future? I know a lot of it is, you know, contingent on getting funding, but how would you like to see West Beth evolve over, call it the next fifty years? So. We, meaning myself and the board and the, the residence council, are would really like to continue to see West Beth looking outward. So we've got our neighboring cultural institutions. I also think you know we have a lot of interesting arts programming. We do an arts, we do a dance festival every year. That's a whole segment of which is free and open to the public. And I'd love to attract as many people from around the city to events like that. Yeah. We have the benefit of, of real estate. We have space and we have some spaces that I think now are, are, you know, underutilized 
that we're hoping to do some improvements. And we, we've had real success in the past doing artist residency programs. So having, mm. you know, for a few, six months or a year, having yeah. artists come do work here, that's another great way for us to connect to, you know, to all of New York City. And of course, you know, we, we want to continue to, you know, really meet our core mission, which is to, to provide really good, safe, secure, affordable housing. And I think we're in a really good position in terms of our sort of, you know, funding and financing and the rents that we're collecting to really maintain really deeply affordable apartments in one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in the city. And I think that's really what, what makes us unique. And I hope that for the next 50 years, we're going to continue to be in a position to do that. Yeah, Peter, I mean, it's amazing. And I have to be honest with you, I don't know how many of our listeners, but I learned a lot today because I did not know about West Beth and, you know, all of the, the gallery space that you have and how artists live there and the history of it. So it's been great to, uh, to chat with you and really have you share that story. Well, thank you so much. And I would encourage anyone who wants to, to see West Beth and learn more about it. There are a few events coming up this fall. There's Open House New York, you know, which is an event that happens all over the city where they hold tours in, in spaces that people don't usually get to see. And West Beth is participating in Open House New York this year. So we'll be doing tours in through the through the hallways of the apartment building into people's studios. So that's wow. a really exciting opportunity. We're also participating in something called the West Side Fest which is on uh, September 30th. And that is, again, a collaboration with Whitney, the Highline, the Shed, where we'll be doing some programming, including open studios again there. So those would be two great events for folks who want to come actually see the buildings, which I really encourage. And what's your website for, for the audience to know? Westbeth.org which is maintained by the, the West Beth Artist Resident Council and has a lot of really fantastic information on what's going on now, but also a lot of great information on the history of West Beth, who has lived at West Beth, done work at West Beth over the years. So yeah, it's a great, a great resource. Well, thank you again, Peter, and thank you to the audience for tuning in to this episode and make sure to stream us, the Schneps Connects podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much.